1996, Brenda Hampton created a fictional television show focusing on the family dynamic between a pastor and his wife. And they're not one, not two, not three, not four, but five kids and Happy the Dog. That was Seventh Heaven. And this is God Bella. Welcome to Godfellas, the podcast that wants to make this Waffle House a Waffle Home. I'm Miss Hannah, and all right, hi everyone. I'm so sorry. We've had an unexpected hiatus. It's only been a few weeks, but I felt like it was my duty to express to you what's been going on. Um, it's, oh wow, that sounds so serious. It's not serious at all. It's just the summer got away from us. <laughs> um, for those that don't know, Zach works at camp during the summers. This is his first summer back since the pandemic. So he's been away for a few weeks. And I mean, Zach is, Zach does the show. I basically just come in when he presses record and I get on the mic and I start talking. I don't, I, I do stuff. I shouldn't say that, but uh, we miss him greatly and he'll be back in just a couple of episodes. So, but in the meantime, we had to talk about something light something summery i don't know i kind of relate seventh heaven to summer for some reason um i don't know maybe i can unpack that a little bit but a a former classic show had to get a classic guest one of my best friends you've heard from her so many times what more can i say <laughs> please welcome back Miss Natasha Bay. Oh, oh. Uh, what an excellent intro. Thank you. I Thank was kind you of so blanking much. a little. Zach's the intro um, expert. See, I'm just going to spend this entire episode talking about how Zach's Zach much better at this and podcast. how much you're in love with him. Uh, I am. Yeah. He's my husband. It's <laughs> true. I'm in love with him. He's my husband. He's not my husband. He's your husband. That's right. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I am not. I am not that jealous whatsoever. Um, hi, welcome. Uh, welcome just to back. let everyone know on the podcast, um, this is a uh, Hannah and Natasha uh, episode, which means it will be chaotic and you're just yeah. going to have to come along with the ride. You just have to deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> We've been friends since we were literally like 10 years old. Yeah. So there's really no getting around our chaos there's no that's 14 years of friendship people if you're counting that's, well natasha welcome back how are you doing how is life right now you're a returning guest bring us up to date what's been going on hello um thank you so much for having me again of course um i am still working on my master's degree in scotland um so right now it's 11 p.m <laughs> over here in the uk Thank um you. you're welcome <laughs> and uh yeah i'm doing my dissertation right now um 
on refugees' rights uh, in the U.S., which has been a, a lot of fun, um, kind of stressful, uh, as a dissertation is, um, but that was expected. And then um, in, a, in about a week, I'm going on a European trip with my cousin, which should be a lot of fun. And then I hand my dissertation in September, and I head off to who knows where after. We'll find out on the next episode. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. your next appearance, we'll know. My next appearance, you'll find out where I'll end up. Um, you know, it's it's funny because when you're talking about your summer specifically, it's like you're living the summer everyone romanticizes of like, oh, yes, I'm just studying at my, my um, gorgeous Scottish university and then I'm traveling Europe for a few weeks and then <laughs> I'll graduate um, yeah. with my master's and, uh, you know. When you're so, living that life, you just have to embrace it. Um, it actually is as romantic as you imagine. There are stressful days, but a romantic myself, I am completely enjoying life. I'm loving this experience, and I couldn't have asked for anything this crazy and fun. So it'll be a very exciting story for when, for when I'm old. Very exciting. So you were actually the one who recommended to me that we um, discuss Seventh Heaven, um, mm -hmm. which just, it makes so much sense. I think this is an idea that we had kind of tossed around in the past, but finally introducing it to the Godfellas cinematic universe, um, the Godfellas multiverse. Um, <laughs> I can't well, cinematic. We're not a movie. <laughs> <laughs> But it just it, it makes so much sense with Christian media and especially a show that was so mainstream. I mean, this was on cable like uh, and it had 11 seasons, 11 seasons like uh, what? So longer than Friends. Longer this is the than Christian Christian Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> just like, like full season did, did seasons did full longer than House Full House. Because, yeah, I, I think full, it was. Wow. Yeah. Eight eight seasons of um or eight years at least eight seasons of full house so i mean this ran for a very long time and again was on cable this was something i i would say a, between 1996 and 2007 a fairly household name show if you didn't watch it i'm sure you knew about it would mm -hmm. you say that's mm -hmm. true yeah definitely i mean it's on hulu right now so yeah. like and it's, Paramount it's Plus. On, oh and paramount plus which i didn't know but like it's i feel like it was a pretty i feel like it was a pretty well known um it's interesting now that what re-watching an episode because the reason i suggested it initially like being completely vulnerable here is because i was like oh i'm sure because this was it's like an old i remember it being like in the 90s and early 2000s and then i remember it being a Christian like based show with a bunch of kids and a pastor and a pastor's wife. So in my head, I'm like, oh my God, this probably has some good content. Um, that's like kind of cringeworthy. <laughs> um, but watching back or whatever, it's, it's actually really interesting. Um, I kind of understand why it went for so long um, because of things that we will continue to talk about. I remember this show having like really obscure crazy storylines and there are i will yeah, get into this definitely. and 
I'm not going to spoil a lot of them now because it may be part of our game later, but I remember very, very weird stuff from the show. And the episode that we watched is from the first season. So, you know, it, considering that this experience rewatching was very different than I was expecting it was going to be same, same like you. And there still is a lot to unpack because in 11 seasons, they really did come up with a lot of varied storylines. Which makes sense because uh, throughout a uh, pastor's life, they can encounter a variety of of issues of of things that come up, matters and stories and whatnot. So it's a good premise. Like I could see how, but it's kind of also a premise of like, it's your place of work and your family. So like most other shows. Uh, Literally, yeah. It felt very normal watching it back which i was not expecting yeah and both of us as uh pastor's kids are growing up pastor's kids how was how did you feel growing up as a pastor's kid watching this show did you feel like it was relatable did you feel like this was something that you could learn from or a cathartic experience or was it like this is not at all i mean obviously there are some points that are different because we grew up a pastor's kids in the Salvation Army and that's a whole world of itself. Yeah. Um <laughs> but yeah. um I I definitely remember my family watching the show and relating to it well. Like I remember, I mean besides um there are like some specific gender roles where like the mom is like a work at home mom, but they don't necessarily I watched a couple of other episodes and they don't necessarily like say that that's needed like you don't need to do it it just happens that she was just like a stay-at-home mom yeah um, so in that case it was it was different my mom was also a pastor um but like i don't know i think a lot of the lessons like uh that were taught were very similar to lessons that uh were taught to me growing up and i i feel like it was um very familiar they had a dog like i had a golden retriever growing up i had three sisters you know so it was like a big household like you would connect with someone on the show i kind of remember always getting connected to the one in the middle she's like blonde she's got what what's her name lucy yeah i was always i was always like lucy and i were on the same page um but yeah we i i definitely feel like i connected it about uh connected to it what about you yeah um yeah i i you know i would say i was more conscious of it on this rewatch than as a kid i mostly kind of just tagged along watching it because my three sisters would watch it or specifically one of them i remember um i don't ever remember my parents watching this show Mm -hmm. i don't know if they did but i think i related to ruthie which is the littlest one as of this point in time because there's more kids later on because that was who i was i was the youngest so like ruthie is the cutest human on the show she is really precious uh (laughs) both of my parents they they co-pastored the church wherever we were at that point in time so there was that dynamic which is different than the one in the show and i would say my parents definitely did a a very um thorough job of keeping church matters that happen during the week uh very private like never even mm-hmm. knew never accidentally saw my dad counseling someone like you know 
Like yeah. that never came up. They, if I knew anything about the church, it was stuff that was happening on a Sunday. It was never, or like kids programs. It was never like the general, like social services office work part of that. So I would say there right. was, um, which not every church has that heavy of a social services aspect as the Salvation Army does. So, right. you know, that, and again, like you said, our, our childhood experience is very different than the mainstream pastor's kid, PK. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, I'll get into when we discuss the episode um, in a moment, more of my childhood experience with that. But let's, um, let's dive in. Let's talk about this. So the show created by Brenda Hampton, who I just learned also created The Secret Life of the American Teenager. Really? Which is a like, show. The, one of the about... worst written shows ever. Like the dialogue is horrible. It's, it's not so great. bad. But I remember when it was like airing that it was like a big deal. Like, yeah. You watched it. It's just about teenagers getting pregnant yeah. um, in high school. That's what the show was about. So it's interesting that they... Huh. Yeah, wow. interesting. I, I was very surprised to see, like, Seventh Heaven, too. There was another show that she did, but also then to The Secret Life of the American Teenager, which, yeah. Um, but it stars some big-name people. Um, Jessica Biel, probably the... Is the biggest, probably. Biggest. Married to Justin Timberlake. You know Jessica Biel. Um, Beverly Mitchell, she did a few DCOMs here and there after that. Um, I feel like Barry. Stephen Collins, the the dad, Eric Cameron. Yes. I feel like he was very familiar. Yes, <laughs> he's a bad person. <laughs> That's probably why. <laughs> yes, so it might have been some news interviews. Um, yes, uh, let's acknowledge that uh, the dad, the actor, has owned up to very horrible things in the past few years. Um, and we're going to recognize that, um, but still discuss the show for other, of uh, other parts of that. Cause it's important right, to know because, that history. Yeah, it definitely is important. Um, yeah. So some big names, people we recognize, I think David Gallagher and Barry Watson are the two boy actors. So, you know, mm -hmm. And I, I guess I also saw this. Ashley Simpson and Haley Duff later in the series had recurring roles. So I, I almost just, I feel like it started out, the show started out with some sort of like seriousness and then just kind of turned into like a major fever dream of some Right, sort. right, right. Of like very like drama based um, show. Yeah, I think it started off with the, with this very, Christian intent and then kind of went somewhere else. Yeah. The first season, we watched an episode from the first season, episode eight, entitled What Will People Say? And the plot of this is that the dad, Eric, is counseling um, a domestic violence survivor who is trying to escape her husband. Um, but mm -hmm. he is seen by his wife and kids going alone into a hotel with her. And the tension of the episode is what is he doing because he's saying that he can't say what he was doing for confidentiality because it's um someone he's counseling um and this rumor is spreading around town that he is having an affair with this woman 
pretty heavy stuff. <laughs> yeah, honestly, for the eighth episode. For the eighth episode. Of the and whole series. For a uh, family-focused show. Like, this was pitched as, this is a show you can watch as a Christian family together. Like, that was yeah. the intent and marketing behind it. Um, so it, that's something that also surprised me was how serious the subject matter was for a family focused show. I don't know because it, cause for me, okay. So I guess here I'm surprised, not that I'm saying it's not okay. I'm surprised because of knowing every other Christian media that we discuss on this podcast, I felt like I went into this viewing like, oh, I know what this is going to be about. And then I'm like, right. interesting. My thoughts are being challenged. My perception, have I become too uh, close-minded in my podcast? <laughs> I've become too judgmental. Um, but I'm also fighting, like, I'm confused. So I'm just confused from the get-go because I'm like, this is not the norm. Usually Christian shows are very, very um, limited in what they want to tell the family. Yeah, and they're not talking about these serious issues. I think the fifth episode is literally about racism, where yes. one of the churches nearby uh is a black church and it gets burnt down and so this church goes to help them and then they talk about like burning racism in in the church and all this stuff and i'm like yes go off yeah <laughs> let's talk about amazing this. in 1996 yeah. like yeah like it's so crazy like that's right it's crazy like i went into this with preconceived notions that this was going to be very cringy Christian. And to, I genuinely, for most of the stuff, besides things that are just kind of like, you know, the 90s was like 20 plus years ago. So it mm -hmm. makes sense that there's a little 30 years it caught <laughs> 30 years ago. So, mm -hmm. uh, so it makes sense that there are some things that kind of like weird that came up it just seemed very 90s you know um well there's also there's an episode in the sixth season sorry everyone spoilers there's an episode <laughs> in the sixth season where and this is late 2001 early 2002 this episode premieres or maybe a little time after so they could film it but it's ruthie goes to a private school and there is a Muslim girl who is trying to get enrolled and they're not letting her because of what happened at 9-11. And so little Ruthie gets in front of like a, like a parent association and says like, if you don't let my friend come to the school, I'm quitting school. This was Which, when? Like 2002. So right, like very soon after. Wow. And that blows my mind because let's just be honest. I'm diving in and I'm going to be careful about this. There's been a lot happening in the States mm -hmm. recently. And yep. what I've seen a lot of discourse is about the closed mindedness of Christians across this nation, to which I agree. Uh, yep. Christians trying to enforce religious standards to everyone in a country promoting religious freedom. And right. often what comes up between non-believers is this idea of, well, if it was any religion other than Christianity, it wouldn't be accepted, which is true. I feel like there's a lot of talk of Islamophobia. Is that a word? I feel like I've seen Islamophobia that is a word. Yeah, it yeah, is. Yeah. It is a word. Yep. And that it's something that is still being discussed as not only a nation, but within Western Christianity as well. 
something that we're so to see this episode where they say my friend is allowed to come to the school it baffles my mind because i'm like i i know people have talked about this show i know that there have been like parents councils that are funded by conservative politicians that have said this show is the best show ever and i like it just it i i, I i'm so confused yeah, because I, I don't really know what confused. to think right now like i don't right, know so where they just, stand like i think that it's important for some context i guess that some of the things that came up in this episode she already yes. mentioned that it was um that it was about uh, domestic abuse, but there were a lot of instances in which the pastor had conversations with this woman and she was saying how much her, her husband said, you know, well, you're never getting out of the situation because, you know, I don't believe in divorce. And because I'm a Christian man, I don't believe in divorce. And this pastor was like, um, okay well was this the man like what did you know who he actually was when you married him and when you made those vows that you would love him till the till you die and she said no i didn't know this is the man i was marrying and he's like then i don't think that those vows are valid because you would not make those vows today and i think that in this case you know divorce is your your option like this is this is what we're doing like we you can't go back into that marriage with the abusive man and i wish i thought better of the church at the moment and think that 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 would be the response from every pastor but i struggle to believe that to be true because my own parents got divorced and it had a very hard uh they had a very hard time after the divorce from my own church mm-hmm. so it's like the church community i've seen it with my own eyes struggle with divorce even in in necessary means or even even in, in means where it's you know it's not a it's not a great situation yeah no absolutely like this show obviously you know we hear about issues being talked about for the test of time right we see divorce is not new divorce has been around since the beginning of time and yet we still find ourselves debating and trying to get into an idea of manip- manipulation and control. So it's nice to see a show um, at its core, just say, even the mom, there's the scene with the mom and the neighbor. And she says, the neighbor says something like, oh, I hear they're getting a divorce. And the mom, all she says, she doesn't make a big deal. She just says, yeah, well, it happens. That's all. Yeah. The mom is so cool. I know, she really like, such like- a validating yeah this entire episode like everyone's spreading these rumors that her husband is is having an affair and let's let's just be honest you know these people who are spreading the rumors aren't aren't just like you know spreading it around her they're like literally this this person came to her house and outwardly asked her if her husband was having an affair Mm -hmm. um and she just handles it like with such grace. Like she doesn't ever um, say a word about the other woman. She doesn't ever say a word about her husband. And um, a bad word is what I'm saying. She doesn't ever say a bad word about either of them. She yeah. just 
says, you know, that's none of my business. I don't listen to rumors. And even though you can tell in the episode, she's she's starting to not like she's just confused because her husband can't tell her this information yeah. because of confidentiality. Like you can tell she's nervous and she's a little confused, but she never like speaks negatively about them. And I, I just wow. Yeah. I was impressed. I respect that. The way that she was yeah. written as a character. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Um, and the same with the kids. I would say, you know, even though they get frustrated and confused, like even how the parents respond of like the dad even like i i understand why you're concerned and i know it's frustrating that i can't tell you why you know like not even like you, oh, you can't just think like that you know but i i get it like i get why you're concerned yeah and yeah they all like have moments where they kind of like yell at him or like get frustrated with him and the dad's literally like yeah i i understand why you're upset I can't, I can't give this information to you. I just need you to trust me. Yeah. And like, <laughs> it's just crazy. I was not expecting it. Yeah. And it's, you know, going back to the father, the pastor counseling the woman who is a DV survivor, like it, it all, you know, it also surprises me because I guess this church, I would assume would be one that believes in very like men with men, female like women with women sort of matters mm -hmm. but you see this interaction of the male pastor affirming and believing this woman who's saying like my husband did this right yeah like right and and even mentions like would you be interested in a women's shelter which is like the right a way good to social respond. service yeah <laughs> yes literally like, like referencing social services do you need counseling do you need this let me help you if you're not comfortable with this. He's like, she said she's not comfortable with anyone knowing. She's not comfortable with her, her, uh, his wife knowing. She's not comfortable with the church knowing. So he puts her in a hotel to keep her away from her husband, but in a place that's not going to be obvious to their, to the rest of the people and yeah. says, stay here as long as you need to. We're using our church's emergency fund for you which is yeah. how it's supposed to be used. That's what he says, because she's like, don't use that for me. It's not necessary. He's like, this is what the purpose of it is. Um, stay in this hotel as long as you need, as long as you feel comfortable until you're ready to tell, to tell people. And I'm willing to help you the moment you are ready. Yeah. I Her, uh, go off. I'm so confused. <laughs> like, I want to know what are the life experiences of the people who are writers on this show? right that are crafting these responses are these people like do they identify as christians do they not is this like yeah, like are I they just like researching more. christians because I, i'm just so surprised like this yeah. is not the norm that i feel like we're used to seeing and, and this people isn't liked even it. people, people liked, liked it. it it got it got reviews to the point where they like had 11 seasons i know there's some pretty like currently there's some pretty split stuff out there like i know that there's a lot of people saying it's uh i i know there's a lot of people saying it's uh far too tame or obsessive over time over the course of the show obsessive over uh issues like premarital sex or there are people saying that it's way too extreme and over the line and talks about things that it shouldn't like as of current researching articles people are pretty split but at the time, this was also nominated for like Emmys, like daytime Emmy awards. It got 
Teen Choice Awards, Kids Choice Awards, like full on nominations and awards throughout. I'm just, I, I need to know more. Like, oh, I might yeah, be starting I, my sub-series podcast here about like the history of Seventh Heaven. The history of Seventh Heaven, how it became. To be honest, uh, I feel like the church is in a very specific place right now. I know a lot of Christians I know who, uh, I don't know if it's my age. I don't know if it's Christians I know in their 20s and I'm in my 20s, or I don't know if it's a time. It's like a spiritual time happening right now. But I very much feel like there is some deconstruction happening in the church. of Okay, what have we been doing? And what has gone wrong? And how are we not helping the community around us? And how are we actually, how has the church actually hurt a lot of their people? A lot of um, the people who go to their church, like what is church hurt? What does that look like? How do I deconstruct this to be, to still keep my faith because my faith is important, but it's not the faith that hurts you. It's the people who hurt you in the church. So I think this is happening actually a lot. And so I find it interesting to, it, it was almost comforting to see a show that that was made that early on that speaks of issues that I think Christians nowadays, like young Christians who, who want to keep their faith, but also really care about social issues and things that are important. And um, it almost is a, sh- it feels like a show for <laughs> the deconstructing Christians today. Um, it, it has issues, but it's, it's interesting. It, it was like almost ahead of its time it feels like yeah and that's why i'm like i need to watch more i need to get more of a sense of where this show goes over time you know mm-hmm. um what's and also look into the production of it all is it the same writers throughout the entire series are there other people that come in other producers that affect the production of this and you know i you know this has kind of been somewhat spoken and unspoken on our pod that you know, Godfellas is a community for ex-evangelicals or deconstructing uh, people who are deconstructing their faith because um, we know the damaging messages that a lot of Christian media puts out there. Um, and a lot of it we like to poke fun of. <laughs> and a lot mm-hmm. of it, it's very serious and needs to be talked about because it does come back to faith is an individual thing. Our relationship yep. with the Lord is personal. And church is a beautiful place. Community is a beautiful thing. It was created intentionally, but people, the general people, have uh, abused power over time. Yep. And seeing a show of a Christian family in this one episode, this specific episode, in a mm-hmm. way that I personally, outside of my, I'm going to say outside of my family because, you know, I grew up in that environment, just as a young adult attending church like never seen something like this so i just so who is this who is behind the curtain who are you who is the wonderful wizard of oz because i (laughs) i need to know this is just the beginning of you know it really is because i i've thought about it and i really want to go through to see the consistency in these in these episodes to see like if this is something that it was started this way and then turned into something else if the people who created this weren't actually even christian they just thought the christian perspective was interesting and wanted to research it yeah. wanted to see how actual christians like think 
and then kind of based it on that like if that's the case then that's the case but i i just want to know like i want to know what and why and how um and i definitely will be continuing to watch it just to kind of see um just to see like how it continues like to see if it keeps this going right yeah absolutely i feel like we i mean i need to talk to zach of course but i feel like this will uh come up over time on godfellas because it just needs to be consumed more and more and that's why i feel like i'm so like uh conflicted in my feelings right now because well one you can't know a whole show from one episode right we have to watch more if we're gonna know what the overall message of the show is but I was, I, I, you know, I just have to be honest and say that like my first viewing was a lot different than I expected mm-hmm. as an adult. Me too. Um, I will say the one thing I took issue with, um, was that as a trauma survivor myself, um, I don't know if it was the best move for the pastor to be alone in the like hotel bedroom with the woman. Like, Mm -hmm. obviously, check her into the room, bring her up, maybe just say goodbye at the door, you know? Right. Those, and and it was, yeah. It wasn't sketchy in it, but it could have easily been taken that way, I think. Um, There's a very fine line between creating space where you're not, you know, you're not making it seem like, they can't be anywhere near each other because a woman's an object and a man, you know, can't control himself. There's a fine line between, you know, knowing that that's, that's not true. And men and women can be in the same space. And, you know, it's not always sexual. Like <laughs> God, like yeah. women and men can be friends. It's not always sexual. They can be in the same space alone, but there is a fine line between that and, you know, a sexual abuse or physical abuse yes. and trauma and being able to know where the boundary is yeah. so i i completely agree with you i think that there maybe uh, i i think uh in talking about the show earlier you said um that even if he had just like dropped her at the hallway in the hallway in, in the yeah. hallway door and said you know okay here you go like here's here's the key like yeah. take as much time as you need um it, it would have been even just like a better boundary line there yeah absolutely and you 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 brought up what i wanted to mention was you know i i'm I'm trying to keep this as like least triggering as possible um just in my terminology but you know as a domestic violence survivor we don't know how that affected this character and her husband's sex life if abuse was brought into that as well we can Mm -hmm. assume most likely there was an element of violence there so what's going to be triggering for her uh just a man and a a bed near each other can be triggered i mean i remember even after some of my personal experiences like someone would touch my shoulder and i would get triggered immediately you just never know so approaching that with caution i would say would be the best situation if you're ever if you're listening out here and you're ever in a situation where you're assisting someone who's a survivor just you know let them lead and Mm -hmm. maybe enforce boundaries there okay here's the door to the room you'll be staying in i'm not going to cross that because that should be the safe space right that's my perspective about it but 
ultimately, I thought all of his responses about what was happening, and even when the guy came to accuse him of having the affair with him, to, like, lie mm-hmm. the the abusive husband to come, I thought he handled that well, too, that he, like, he didn't even, like, bluff or anything. He was just like, okay, yeah, I know why you're doing this, and you're wrong. Like, <laughs> Yeah, the he handled it very well, and he also didn't force him to come out of it, like, to come out with it, and, like, straight away. Yeah. He said, he kind of questioned him. So, like, when the abuser, the husband, was like, oh, you know, I just want to let you know that my wife has an issue. Basically, uh, her issue is that she lies a lot about how I treat her. And then she gets guys close to her enough that they they want to sleep with her. And then she has an affair. And so if you're in that situation, just let me know. I'll, I'll figure my wife out, blah, 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 blah. And this pastor is just like, oh, that's interesting. Like, tell me more. What Like, when has she done this before? Like, what are you talking about? He doesn't straight away say, like, I know you're lying. Shut up. He's, yeah. like, he's like, tell me more until he's caught in his own lie. And literally yeah. can see you can see that he's lying. Yeah. Absolutely. So, well, that's not the only plot line in this episode. <laughs> Let's just briefly um, go over the daughter, Mary, um, and her boyfriend um, are arranging a study date because her grades have been declining and the parents have noticed. What did you think of this storyline of um, Pastor's daughter, which is a, I would say, like a very generally like stereo typical scenario something people like to trivialize a little bit when we talk about Mm -hmm. the male pastor's daughter and dating like i feel like that's a trope Mm -hmm. that comes up a lot um or an expectation people like to put on what do we think of this portrayal i thought it was interesting i mean she's 14 by the way yes which was hard to believe because it was jessica beale so my head had to be like no (laughs) okay they're portraying her as 14 years old so in my head it seemed like i guess when you're a freshman in high school, you are 14. So I was just having a hard time understanding the age situation. But they, I mean, they had boundaries for their 14-year-old daughter. They let they let her go on a study date. Um, and then when the mom caught her making out with her boyfriend in the for the study date, yeah, she didn't yell or shame her daughter. She brought her daughter outside of the room and said, hey, I understand you like this guy, but honestly, your grades have been getting lower and like we can't do any more study dates until your grades rise. Like that's all she said. (laughs) She didn't shake her or anything. And then she goes into the kitchen while the daughter's going up to get her report for her. And notices that her boyfriend is struggling to understand. He's struggling to read. And she, again, doesn't shame the boyfriend and make fun of him or anything like that. She just goes and sits and then, like, asks him what's going on. And he opens up to her. And she recommends a a tutor that helps, helps people with reading even at his age. And, like, comforts him and saying, like, you're not done. This isn't your fault. Like this person is perfect. She needs the, you know, she needs the time. Like she has so much time on her hands, you know, it would be super helpful. And then, uh, sorry, I'm just giving a full replay, but I feel like this is necessary. Yeah. But when the daughter comes back and asks what she's, 
they've been talking about, she doesn't tell the yeah. her daughter like what happened. And then later he he at school he asks, Hey, did your mom tell you anything or talk to you? And she's like, No, what are you talking about? She never mentioned anything. Like she kept that confidential, which is just like she handled all of this. I feel like it was very graceful. Yeah, absolutely. Doesn't embarrass the boyfriend. And like like something I noticed and wanted to point out was when she did have the private conversation with the daughter, the daughter did not put up a fight. She was like, now go get your report for me to sign it. And she gets it and doesn't argue. Yeah. And it's almost like there was respect. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I'm not a parent and I'm not going to I'm not going to I'm not going to ever insinuate that I know the first thing about parenting. Mm -hmm. Same. But I do know that that 14 year old age range, what they want is to be respected because they want to be seen as an adult and they're you know a teen but and it it's almost like the mom is honest and graceful and that's her approach is mm -hmm. i'm not trying to get anything out of you i'm not trying to shame you i'm just trying to be like i she will didn't sign say anything about the making out she literally didn't say a single thing about no. her making out with her boyfriend refreshing to hear she wasn't like why like stop you're too young for this or you can't do that or like she just said like if this is affecting your grades, it's bad. If it's not affecting your grades, <laughs> yeah, you know, and, so, then, and we'll just have to figure that out. The mom sees the test and goes, 75, that's not too bad. Yeah. She says, just, just try to keep it up. That's all. Like, yeah. uh, there is absolutely not a single bit of shame coming from the mother in this episode. Yeah. She's like, 75, that's not too bad, but I know you can do better, hon. Yeah. And then gives her the test back. Kindly. Yeah. I. What is going on? Like, <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so confused. I'm so confused. I'm so shocked. I hope we're not out here like saying, like, just being like fans right now, and then like find out later that the show like says so many controversial bad things. That's like, I, I hope that's not the case. But right now, for this lone episode, they yeah. did a very good job of actually showing faith, like grace, love. Like yeah. the things that matter in a Christian household. That's my fear is that this is like the good episode. Like we just happen to want <laughs> like the very good episode and the rest are like horrible. Oh, I feel so bad too because like, like this definitely like convicted me to be, to not, to not make assumptions so quickly too because i literally yeah. sent hannah when i suggested this i sent hannah descriptions of the episodes like laughing really like did. oh my god these are going to be so cringy yeah, like, and they same. weren't yeah i yeah and you know now knowing that they also handled topics like racism i'm a little scared because you know but right i think this is an important piece of media history to rewatch and discuss as we do with everything on this show what is bad and what is good and this yes this lone episode is pretty good i would say i'm not going to yeah. speak for the rest of the series <laughs> because i don't know and i don't want to put anything out there that's um narratives yes so in lieu of manners i don't think we should do it because we don't know. I mean, there's 200 plus episodes of the show. I mean, I, I, I will be watching more so that I, I can have will a more be watching more too. Informed opinion. Yeah, um, and I'm I, I completely agree. 
Yeah. I'm curious to hear, like, Zach's opinion on this and our other guests to come in the future. Like, this, I, I this is, like, here, here, here's my gavel, imaginary gavel, like, dun-dun, I hereby declare um, Godfellas will be dissecting more episodes of Seventh Heaven. Sorry, um, executive decision. As an executive producer, I've decided. Um, because I and, think it's important. And you will hear from me again because... This is, this is, now, I'm too curious now. I will be, I literally will be binging the show. Like, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> yeah. No, I'll probably end up watching another episode tonight because it just. Me too. I'm, tell I'm me which one you're watching and then I'll, I'll watch the same we'll, one. <laughs> we'll discuss. Well, so here's why I say I'm so confused. And it's because it's time to play the game. Okay. So we all know, I think, actually, we don't all know because I asked someone the other day if they knew the show and they didn't. Are you familiar with the show Degrassi? Mm, yeah, of course. The next generation. Canadian, yeah. Canadian. Degra- are you show. kidding me? Of course. Drake was on Degrassi. That's true. Drake was on Degrassi. It's had like, like if you- tons of like spinoffs of, I don't know. You know, let's be clear. Yeah. This is a Canadian show that aired on like Teen Nick reruns. So like. I used to watch Degrassi. My parents, I don't know if I was allowed to, but it definitely is when I stuck by them. And Degrassi is known for its very obscure plot lines <laughs> of the teenage experience. And I also did some research on some random obscure Seventh Heaven plot lines because Ooh. as I was watching this, I was like, I know some of these plot lines are crazy. So we're going to play a game. I'm going to read <gasps> a plot line and you have to tell me if it's Seventh Heaven or Degrassi. Oh my god, I love this game. Wow. Okay. okay. I love this. Okay. Oh my god, I'm gonna be so bad at it. Okay, go ahead. Okay. Here we go. First one. Girl doesn't care that her friend has fallen into a diabetic coma and leaves her as is. Degrassi. Yes. <laughs> that is a Degrassi plot line. I don't know what season, don't ask me. Um I and, and let me just clarify. This game it might seem as if we're poking fun, but it's just because some traumas in life that are reflected on television are done so horribly. Really? <laughs> like like this. So like uh, addressing diabetic things. comas like this is yeah. not great. <laughs> so um, that's, that's, that's the importance of bringing this up. To handle trauma and um, very serious situations with care. Okay, next one. Who? Uh, a potential trigger warning for the rest of these. Um, <laughs> sister asks brother for kissing practice. Yikes. Kind of sounds like yeah. Christian y. <laughs> Am I allowed to say that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm talking Old Testament, okay? <laughs> I want to say Seventh Heaven. <laughs> it's seventh Am I wrong? It's, it's right. It's oh, the, so this game. It's from the very first episode. Jessica Beale asks her older brother about kissing and then like suggests they should practice and he says no and it's weird. That's I watched so the clip. Weird. It's very cringe. Oh, we should watch uh, that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. All right, next one. Uh, sorry to all Christians that I just assumed. I know. Sorry to anyone. Who's, like the, tr- again, trigger warning for the rest of these. Um, all right. Dad finds joint in-house and threatens to drug test his five-year-old daughter. 
Oh, man. Uh, Degrassi. No. Ah! That's Seventh Heaven. The dad threatens to drug test even Ruthie. Little Ruthie. Oh, he threatens everyone? Yeah. Well, I was thinking that. I was like, I'm pretty sure Ruthie's five, but then I was just like, seems so much, so extra. So extra. Okay, next one. Three siblings are all pregnant with twins at the same time. Okay, this is Degrassi. (laughs) It's Seventh Heaven. This is not Degrassi. It's Seventh Heaven. It's like the series finale. So one of the brothers, Jessica Biel and Beverly Mitchell's character are all, like one of the brothers' wives is all pregnant with twins at the same time. Because the mom later in the series gets pregnant with twins. And then, like, the series ends with them, like, all having twins together. All right. um, (laughs) We got a few more. Okay, let's keep going. (laughs) Girl who suffers through trauma after trauma is sent to brat camp to fix her behavior. Now I feel like there's been so much stuff in heaven, but I've been guessing Degrassi so much. Ugh. I'm gonna guess Degrassi. Yes, that is Degrassi. Okay, good. Oh, good. The girl, like, hey, like guys. I mean, like, serious trauma. And then they're like, your behavior is bad. Classic. Okay, next one. Dad tears up when daughter gets her period. This is Seventh Heaven. That's Seventh Heaven. That sounds like Christian. <laughs> oh, it does. Was it tears up That's in very... a good way? Or, or yeah, it's... like, my daughter's <laughs> becoming a woman. Oh, God. Yeah, that's very Christian. Yeah. All right, we have two more. Okay. This one, very trigger warning. But again, highlighting the, like, we should not trivialize trauma as such. Girl is diagnosed with cancer, gets cheated on, has a friend die, gets pregnant, and miscarries over the course of five months. Okay, one more time. Girl is diagnosed with cancer, gets cheated on, has a friend die, is pregnant, and miscarries over the course of five months months degrassi yeah wow that's too much people wow now people do like (laughs) people go through a lot of trauma after trauma after trauma but i am sure they would want any depiction of that to be handled very carefully all right last one now you understand now we understand my perspective of why i'm so conflicted watching this show yeah okay last last one Preacher addresses congregation to ask which woman wants to sleep with her husband. Preacher addressed the congregation to ask which, which of the woman women wants to sleep with her husband. Is the preacher a woman? Yes. Degrassi? Uh, oh, gosh. Seventh heaven. There is a t- there is. I'm not quite sure of the I guess there's like attractive husband people saying things and mid-sermon lucy as a preacher says who wants to sleep with my husband and oh, people yes. respond yikes can't wait for that episode i know this is so like all in all you actually first of all you did really well i feel so like because i think you got at least five of those right uh i appreciate the support I, all in all friends the 90s and early 2000s was an interesting time for drama tv that went a little too far yeah i there's so much more investigating that needs to be done mm-hmm. must investigate 
I, I just like, I don't know what to say because I, I hear these plot lines and I think I'm scared, but I will see the episode and think that was good. Where's the intersection? It like, there's no answer yet. And that's okay. There doesn't have to be an answer yet, but well uh to transition uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's literally no answer i have nothing there's to no say answer. either but that's you know what i'm glad that we have an episode of godfellas where we can't give a firm answer across the board because we just need to talk about it more so stay tuned for our definitely seventh heaven episodes and um, I, I think it's good to be i think it's always good to be on your on your toes with Christian media, because you might find things that you're not expecting. Absolutely. Absolutely. Very well said and important to remember as we kind of hit our midway point of this season of Godfellas. Well, Natasha, thank you so much for being, for starting this journey. <laughs> Anytime. Uh, your plaque will go up in the Godfellas Hall of Fame, introduced Seventh Heaven investigation series on Godfellas. Oh my gosh. I hope so. Um, for the listeners out there, what are you up to these days? Where can we find you on social media, etc.? Um, as I've said before, really, oh, I just made my Instagram public. So if anyone wants to follow me, Tosh Bate, Tosh dot Bate on Instagram, mm -hmm. um, T A S H dot B A T E. You're welcome to follow me. I'm going to have a lot of content in Europe and in different places. Um, and as always, my TikTok is also open. I haven't posted in a long time, but I'm thinking about posting more as I go around Europe and enjoy life. Um, yeah, so if you want to know about my journey or anything like that, I'll probably just be posting on those social medias. Um, yeah. Yeah. Great. Very good. As for us, I'm going to plug, of course, I'm going to plug a few things, actually. First and foremost, at GodfellasThePod, that is our Instagram page. Uh, you can find more content and links to the um, episodes, as well as other things that will be coming. And if you'd like to follow um, Zach and I's personal worship leading page, which I would suggest that you do so you can learn a little more about us as well and what we like to do with worship leading, that is at the Honey Initiative on Instagram as well. Natasha, was there something else you wanted to? Yeah, sorry, one more plug. Um, if, uh, if you're struggling emotionally or spiritually and need some emotional or spiritual support, um, there is a um, program that my mom runs with an, um, a couple other people. Uh, it's called Oaks Support. You can find them on Instagram, Oaks, O-A-K-S, under dash support. Um, and it brings you to the website and you can sign up. Um, and it just pretty much helps with life coaching, mentorship, and spiritual guidance. So if that's something you need and are looking for, that is definitely a resource for you. Absolutely. We will attach that to the show notes as well. Um, I love Carol. She's a beautiful human. So I highly recommend. And also just good to know that there are outlets if you need um, support in those ways to, to get mm -hmm. that support. That it's available. So thank you. All right. Well, it's been real. It's good to be back. Uh, we'll have some more content over the next couple weeks as we anxiously await Zach's return. But we are so excited that we were able to return from our hiatus 
uh, this week with this episode. So, um, until next time, I've been Miss Hannah. I've been Miss Natasha. I know there's no greater feeling than the love of family. Where can you go when the world don't treat you right? The answer is home. That's the one place that you'll find. Seventh heaven. Mmm, seventh heaven. All right. And this is Godfellas! Seventh Heaven. Dun, 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 dun. I'll just Seventh Heaven. Okay, let me turn off this recording. <laughs>